What is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Villapiano. Make sure you check out the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Ham or Pork Roll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WIT-IT. Welcome right. to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your boy, the host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news, topics, discussions, and so much more about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are really having a fantastic super day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys as always for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I always greatly appreciate it. This is the first episode I'm recording as a 24-year-old. I'm recording this on June 16th, 2021. Yesterday was my birthday, June 15th, 2021. I turned the, I turn, it's my Bryce Salvador year. I am 24 now. Um, for everybody that uh, said happy birthday to me, whether on my personal social media or on Devil's State of Mind, thank you guys so much. 
Uh, I'm sure most of you know by now, but uh, my whole my whole day was made uh, when I got a uh, follow back from the New Jersey Devils official Twitter account as well as NJ Devils. So I'm really uh, I'm really excited about that. I think it's wonderful. Thank thank the Devils. Thank NJ Devil. Thank you guys so much for following me back. Uh, you guys gave me a great birthday present. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you to everybody who reached out and wished me a happy birthday. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm just incredibly grateful to see 24 years of my life. And I'm really grateful to be able to do this podcast and talk to you guys about the devils, something that I'm very passionate about, something that I love. And I know a lot of you guys love as well. And like I said, this podcast is only going to get bigger. It's only going to get more and more exciting, especially now that we're starting to get a couple more rumors in here, a little bit more context. And we have some other things to discuss today on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Here's what's going to go down. We're going to start with some news of the Devils uh, resigning one of their players from this past year. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And then we have two rumors that one of them seems to be Pretty much like I think it's going to happen, but again, no guarantees. And then another rumor that a good source of mine got from his anonymous source. That is something that we're going to discuss a little bit here as well. And then we are going to be continuing on with our second edition of potential trade targets. If you don't already know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through every single team in the National Hockey League. I'm going to pick three players from that team that I think the Devils should try to go after or should be interested in trading for. And then I'm going to give you my mock trade. So we have a ton to get to on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with the biggest news that we got over the past week. And it's a player re-signing with the Devils. The Devils announced on Tuesday morning, my birthday, June 15th, 2021, that they had re-signed restricted free agent right winger Nathan Bastion to a two-year contract. So this is something that I know that Tom Fitzgerald is trying to figure out. Um, we do have a couple of UFAs, a couple RFAs, and I'm sure before he really gets into the nitty-gritty of making trades or free agent signings, he wants to get the RFAs that he really wants to keep and the UFAs he wants to keep uh, signed. So this was really the first signing, if you want to say. I know it's a re-signing, but still, it's the first, you know, action that the Devils have made this offseason that's worth noting. The deal that Bastion got is worth a total of $1.65 million with an average annual value of $825,000. The breakdown is as follows. This upcoming season, 2021-22, he will earn seven seven. $775,000. Jeez, I could not, you know, if only I could see that much money in, in real life. And in 2022-23, Bastion will earn $875,000. So obviously Bastion was not going to break the bank. We know the type of player that he is, but I think this is a really, really good, it's a really good re-signing in my opinion. And, and I'll explain why. This was the first full year for Nate Bastion in National Hockey League. And just like everybody else on this team, he had a lot to prove. He really did. And, you know, he's not the biggest scoring player. He's not a guy that's going to put up gaudy statistics, but he is a physical guy. He gets into a lot of fights. He tries to protect his teammates and he tries to just be physical with, with his opponents. And we do need that. 
I'm sure we're going to add more of that as we go along, but having that already in our system is a beneficial thing. And Bastion, you know, they call him Nasty Nate. Uh, he is a nasty player in a very good way. And a lot of people love his energy. He's an energy guy. And, you know, he's a third, fourth line guy. And we do need some of that grit, that toughness, that physicality on the bottom six. And Tom Fitzgerald was really, really impressed with what Bastion did this year. And he earned it. He earned this contract. And what's great about this contract, too, is that there is no, you know, it's a one-way contract. So Bastion has earned himself a spot in the NHL. He's earned himself as a regular NHL player, which I think is a massive accomplishment for him at just 23 years of age. It's phenomenal. Um, a little bit more information here. Bastion, who's 23 eight years of age at the moment, completed his first full NHL season with the Devils. The forward recorded 10 points in 41 games played, telling three goals on seven assists. He led the club in hits with 136 and ranked second among all NHL rookies, only two behind Montreal's Alexander Romanov who played 12 more games. Bastion was one of the 11 New Jersey rookie skaters in the 2020-21 season. So Bastion, like I said, his biggest trait is that he's an energy guy. He's physical. He loves banging the body and he likes to, you know, do the dirty work. And that's something that we need. And even with only him being 23 years of age, he comes into this past year, first full year in the NHL, did as much as he could and he had his best season of his still very, very young career, and he earned himself an opportunity to stay here. Now, something that I will met, mention as well, I think with this resigning, it pretty much guarantees that Bastion is going to be protected in the expansion draft. I have constantly come to the conclusion as well that most likely Andreas Janssen is going to be that forward that's going to be left out. Um, the, the significant four that's going to be left out. Because again, I know that the Devils still have high hopes for him and they still believe in him. And, and look, they traded for him. And yeah, we didn't give up, all, we didn't really give up a lot. We gave up Joey Anderson, who I think will be played four or five games in the NHL this year, playing mostly with the Toronto Marlies. Um, and again, you know, with, with Andreas Janssen, he got COVID, never could really recover from that. And he, be, and he had a, relatively a disappointing year considering all factors aside but I think in a full NHL season now that he's acclimated with the team I feel like he should be given another, another opportunity um but if Seattle takes if they if the Devils leave him unprotected and Seattle takes them there isn't really much we can do about that so at the end of the day um is there still the possibility that Bastion could be left unprotected in the expansion draft yeah absolutely um, but I feel like with the Devils making the decision to re-sign him to a two-year deal and, you know, really you know, committing some money to him, I feel like that pretty much puts him in a good position where he's not going to be unprotected in the expansion draft. But again, crazier things have happened. It's going to be very difficult for the Devils because there are some guys on this team that the Devils may have to leave unprotected that they really don't want to. But unfortunately, that's the business when you have a new expansion team coming into the National Hockey League. So, so we'll see. Um, we don't have, you know, when you look at the guys that are going to that are most likely going to be protected and the guys that that probably won't, uh, we don't have a whole lot to offer. But we do have some. We do have a little bit of talent and a little bit of positivity uh, to offer to Seattle with whoever they take. And look, the Devils may also be trying to prevent the Seattle Kraken from taking a specific player uh, when it comes to dropping. I don't know. We'll see when we get closer to the expansion draft. We'll see what happens with that. But 
again, going back to the Nate Bastion re-signing, I think it's a really good contract. I'm really excited to have him back. I think he showed a lot of promise. Um, obviously, his relationship and his friendship with Michael McLeod is great. And I think Michael McLeod is another guy that is probably on the bubble when it comes to being protected or unprotected. Um, but we'll see about that. But again, getting Bastion, a physical player, a tough player, a guy who you know likes to rough it up. We need that to try to compete with the likes of, you know, the, the really big powerhouse teams in the Eastern Conference and just big powerhouse teams in the NHL and still being the youngest team in the NHL and being just painfully young in general. We do need some of that physicality. And I think we'll add more to that, you know, during this offseason. I think we will add a little bit more grit, a little bit more tenacity. But considering that we already had somebody in there, we're able to get him on another contract, you know, him being an RFA and just getting, you know, a two-year deal. I think it's very, very good. So happy to have Nate Bastion back, and we'll see how he does in his second full season in the NHL coming up this upcoming year. So the next piece of information I want to give you guys on this edition of Devil's State of Mind, we have two rumors, and both of them are very, very interesting in their own ways. Let's start with the first one. According to Lance Lasowski of the Buffalo News, the New Jersey Devils have shown interest in defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen noting that the team has a glaring hole on the right side because of pending free agency of Connor Carrick. This is what I want to hear. And I know that, again, it's just a rumor, but this is the type of stuff I want to hear throughout the offseason, that the Devils are interested, that the Devils are talking, that the Devils are being active. That's what we want to see. We want to see this team be active. And I am a very big fan of Rasmus Bristolainen. I know some people are not, but I am a very big fan of Rasmus Bristolainen. Here's a little bit more information. The Sabres defenseman has just one year left on his six-year, $32.4 million contract, meaning he'll carry a cap hit of $5.4 million next season. That's not bad. That's, that's a pretty decent um, cap, cap hit. I mean, look, we do have the money for it, so it's not like, it's not like we'd have to really try to make it work. We, we can make it work very easily. Um, Rasmus Ristolain has been long has long been criticized for the analytical community given his brutal possession numbers, but at least some of that poor shot suppression comes from being asked to carry the load as the Sabres' top dog. I mean, since he got to Buffalo, he's been the top defenseman. I know that they have Rasmus Dahlin, but I think when you look at you know their whole defensive core, I think Ristolainen is arguably their best defenseman. Fun fact, actually, I'll just tell you a story really quick. Uh, back in 2018, I went to the Winter Classic between the Sabres and the New York Rangers at City Field. Wonderful time. Wonderful time. Got to sit next to a bunch of Sabres fans wearing my Devils uh, reverse retro jacket, I guess you want to say. You know, it, it was great. I had, a, I had a lot of fun. And Rasmus Ristolainen scored in that game. And I remember seeing him on the ice, big six foot six, six foot seven. He's very tall defenseman, very physical defenseman. Um, and I was like, dang, man, I would love to see the Devils have somebody like that. And now maybe there's the potential that we could get that type of player, which would be great. Since he debuted in 2013-14, the eighth overall pick has averaged nearly 24 minutes a night over 542 games. He's been given defensive starts more often in all but one of his NHL campaigns, with this most recent scene being the most lopsided. He is a minus 163 in that eight-year career and has failed to make the playoffs even a single time. But perhaps there is more to draw out of his game if he goes somewhere else. So, you know, just going off of that little piece, and there's a little bit more that I'll, I'll read in just a second. You know, obviously the minus 163 is not great, but you do have to take into consideration. He's been playing for Buffalo his entire career. And considering especially what happened this past year, 
it's very difficult, you know, when you're, when you know, the team is not good and the team is really, really struggling that more often than not, you're not going, you're going to be on the ice when giving up goals. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that it's been Ristolainen's fault for the most part. I mean, there's probably times you could talk to Sabres fans and Sabres, you know, people that probably Ristolainen has made a lot of mistakes in his career. But he's also a very, very good defenseman. And just like this, this little piece of an article that I found saying, maybe him going somewhere else will give him an opportunity to really showcase the type of talent that he is. And I think he is. He's got a booming slap shot. He's well over 200 pounds. He could totally be physical. And right away, he would be our top right defenseman. And we do need help on the right side of the defense. Our left side has definitely is definitely better than the right. So we are looking for it. And obviously that's where the likes of somebody like trying to go after Dougie Hamilton and free agency. It's why it's such a big deal with devils fans. And look, Connor Carrick is a great guy. Do not get me wrong. I love the curious competitor podcast. Go subscribe to that. If you haven't, by the way, phenomenal podcast. Um, I think Connor Carrick ever since he got to New Jersey has always been a very solid defenseman. I've never really complained about him at all. Um, He's not a big stack guy either. I think he's just solid in general. Um, but I feel like if the Devils have an opportunity to get a wrist line in, uh, they're probably not going to keep Connor Carrick. Maybe they try to get him exposed in the expansion draft. I don't know if they can because he's a UFA, but we'll see what happens with that. But certainly, I feel like if you got wrist line in, you're certainly upgrading that right side. You do have, obviously, Damon Severson as well there. But the question really then comes up is that what exactly would the Devils have to give up? And I'll talk about that in a little bit because, interestingly enough, the Sabres are one of the two teams we're going to be talking about today as potential trade targets. Um, and it's really kind of an interesting thing. I don't know um, how much the Sabres value Ristolainen at this point. It's a very good question. And considering that we're hearing even just today that trade talks with the Sabres, with Jack Eichel to some other team are really ramping up, I mean, they might... The, the Sabres might just be cleaning house at this point. They might be getting rid of anybody who has value and just restarting. I mean, that, that to me is what it looks like. Now, here's, a, here's the last bit of uh, piece from this article that I found about this. When trading players that are a year away from free agency, teams will often look for a suitor that can offer an extension in order to maximize the return. That makes sense. I don't think that the Sabres would get as much if the Devils just traded for Ristolainen without giving them an extension, but I think if they did, if the Devils were able to work out an extension for Ristolainen before this trade happened, the Devils would have to probably give up more just because of the value of it. While the Devils have enough cap space to do that with Ristolainen, the defenseman has been clear about his desire to end up with a winning program. He's tired of missing the playoffs and going to New Jersey, even with their exciting young core, certainly doesn't guarantee he'd see the postseason anytime soon. Though he doesn't have a no-trade clause, the idea of a possible extension with a winning team would give the Sabres the most assets in return. So, let's talk about that for just a minute. Ristolainen, yes, does not have a no-trade clause. So, wherever he gets traded to, he gets traded to, and he doesn't have much of a say. I've said this before about some players who could get traded to the Devils, especially from teams like Buffalo, teams like Anaheim. Is it that much of an upgrade for them to go from that team to, to us? Not that much. I, I mean, obviously, I do think that the Devils are better positioned long term than both of those teams and some other teams as well. But again, if you're risk the line and you go from Buffalo and New Jersey, I mean, the only thing you can look at and say, OK, they have a young core and we're trying to add a couple more pieces. And look, Fitzgerald did say he wants to have meaningful games 
in March and April timeframe, you know, and try to actually make the playoffs. I do feel like this upcoming year should be that first year where we really try to compete to try to get into a playoff spot. I really do. I think that you have to make moves this year. I think the devil's will. And I think you got to look at it that way. Now, the Devils could certainly make a deal with Buffalo, get wrist in line, not sign him to an extension, and see how it plays out and go from there. Or they could try to convince Ristolainen to sign a long-term deal. Now, obviously, we haven't heard anything about Ristolainen saying that, you know, he doesn't want to go to New Jersey or anything like that. But he has made it clear that he is very sick and tired of not making the playoffs. He hasn't made the playoffs in his entire career. And the Devils, uh, in the time span that Ristolainen's been in the NHL, the Devils have only made the playoffs once themselves. So it's not like we're that much better than where Buffalo has been over the last several years. But... From a standpoint of just the talent and what Ristolani could bring to the Devils, I think that this would be really good. Now, in terms of what the Devils would have to give up, let's wait. I'm going to wait on that because, again, we're talking about Buffalo. And, yes, the Sabres um, are one of the two teams we're going to be talking about when it comes to trade targets today. And, yes, I do have a mock trade for him in there. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But very interesting. Very interesting. A lot of people are already predicting that most likely the wrist aligner will probably get traded to New Jersey. We'll see what happens. Again, just a rumor. We don't know where this is going to lead to. But I'm just glad that the Devils are, you know, more or less trying to be active here. And let's see if they continue that and try to actually get some stuff done moving forward. Now, the other rumor is, here's the thing about that. This rumor, I would say, is more or less not a guarantee at all. This is something that I thought was interesting because I was talking to my good guy, Jersey Joe. Great guy. Great guy. Um, always gives me uh, you know, rumors from his anonymous source, and I talk about them here on the podcast. He gives me updates on draft prospects. Uh, he's writing some great articles. Uh, go follow him on Twitter and also on Instagram. Phenomenal guy. You want to talk devil's hockey? You want to get some good insight, talk to Jersey Joe. He, he's a really good guy. Um, he sent me this yesterday morning, and I wanted to share with you guys. So according to my guy, Jersey Joe's anonymous source, he has an anonymous source who, who's pretty good. He's, he's gotten some really good rumors correct about the Devils. Um, the anonymous source is hearing that the Devils want to get Swedish coach Ricard Gronberg in as the next head coach. Now, Gronberg was rumored to be possibly – um, in line to be the devil's coach last year when they were looking to hire somebody. And I think it was the team that Gromberg coaches that didn't give the devils or any team for that matter, permission to speak to Gromberg. I think Gromberg's contract actually doesn't end till 2022, 23. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, the source also said, now that doesn't mean that it will happen. Like there's no guarantee that it'll happen, but with Gerard Gallant, and I should mention this, that Gerard Gallant is now the newest head coach of the New York Rangers. So that's a, I think Gallant was waiting for an opportunity like this. So it makes sense. And he gets to coach in the biggest media market in the world. So good for him. Uh, but with Gerard Gallant becoming the head coach of the Rangers, the devil's field Gronberg can help the team. Now, what does this mean about Lindy Ruff? Let's, let's kind of go step-by-step step here with this again. First and foremost, there is absolutely no guarantee that Gronberg could, would want to come to New Jersey, and there is no guarantee that the Devils are actually really, really wanting um, Gronberg. When, when we got Lindy Ruff as the head coach, I had made this publicly clear on social media and also on the podcast. 
we are all certain that Lindy Ruff is not the long-term head coach for this team. He is here as a veteran head coach who is going to help this team. He's going to mold them into the team that they need to be. And then they're probably going to look for a coach that's a little bit more known for how the game is played now. I'm not trying to be madly critical of Lindy Ruff, but I will say that some of his coaching philosophies are a little bit old school and the game has certainly developed a lot since he was coaching in his prime. Okay. But considering the situation and considering what Lindy Ruff is here to do, you know, it makes a lot of sense. He's trying to help this team grow, develop them to where they need to be. And then hopefully when we get to being more competitive and really making those runs to try to get to a Stanley cup, we could get a, a coach, a little bit more modern coach. And Gronberg has certainly done a very impressive job in his native um, Sweden. And he is considered to be like a, you know, a really top target for NHL head coaching jobs. Now, there's also the chance that there are other teams in the NHL, especially some teams that are need head coaches right now, that could be looking at Gronberg. Um, but if the Devils are really serious about it, the thing about it is this. Does this mean that Lindy Ruff, regardless of what happens this year, this is going to be the last year for him? Who knows? We are still waiting on Tom Fitzgerald to get an extension as the general manager of the Devils because he only got a one-year stint because I think ownership wanted to see what he could do. And I think he's proven himself more than enough that he is capable long-term of being his general manager. Um, you know, look, we're not going to get any definitive answers about this. I doubt that the Devils are going to let Lindy Ruff go after one year because, look, the project and the development and the rebuild is not done. We still have ways to go here. We need to take more steps. We need to improve. And Lindy Ruff, I feel like at the moment right now, is the best coach that we could have. I think that he is the best coach that we could have right now and move forward. But I will say this, if the Devils really want Gronberg, I really like him. He seems like a guy that's more modernistic. He seems like he's a guy that's ready to take on that next step in his career and obviously going and coaching in the in the best, you know, hockey league in the world and being in the National Hockey League would be great. And we'll see. We'll see if there's any substance to this as we move along, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on and to keep, you know, keep your ears peered peered for um Ears peeled. I, I really screw up on these on these sayings. I apologize, but it's something to keep note. It's something to keep your mind on and to think about because we'll see. And if it ends up being the case and Gronberg eventually becomes the next head coach of the Devils, we'll obviously get to know him a lot more. Uh, but this is just a rumor. This does not mean that Lindy Ruff's job is on the line. Um, you know, Lindy Ruff. For all we know, he could take the Devils to the playoffs this year and maybe Tom Fitzgerald is still, you know, wants to get a different call. I don't know. I don't know, but let's just keep it at that. But that is the other rumor that I have. Those are the couple rumors that, uh, that we've got at the moment here. And uh, I I'm really, I I'm really hoping that there's some, there's some substance to this and uh, to just all of these things. And hopefully the devils are actually really active and really, really try to improve this team to get where we need to be. And that is eventually become a Stanley Cup contending team. And now we're going to shift to the last part of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We are going to be continuing with our potential trade targets. And again, I will reiterate this. What we're going to do, just like we did in the last episode, we're going to take two teams. We're going to go in alphabetical order. And I'm going to pick three players that I think the Devils should try to target if they're trying to make a trade with this specific team. And I will give a mocked trade. And again, 
full disclosure, I am not the world's greatest when it comes to, you know, mock trades. So if you guys think it sounds ridiculous or anything like that, you know, just understand that I'm not the best at this. I'm trying to do the best that I can and go from there. So let's start with our third team. Uh, we did the Anaheim Ducks and Arizona Coyotes in the last episode. We are going to be doing the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres. And the Bruins obviously just were eliminated in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And obviously they're going to once again try to figure out what they can do to get themselves to getting over the hump and finally winning another Stanley Cup. And I'm sure their first order of business, well, they have two major orders of business to take care of. Number one, does Tukaras want to keep playing? Um, Tukaras made it public that he doesn't want to play for any other team other than Boston. So if any team in the NHL thought that they were going to try to get an opportunity to sign him in the offseason, I think it's very, very slim. But then again, you know, Zidane Chara ended up signing with the Washington Capitals. So, I mean, anything can happen. Um, but I'm sure the Bruins, that's going to be one of their first priorities to try to get him, you know, to see if he wants to keep playing and then try to get him to a new contract. And the other one is obviously trying to resign Taylor Hall. And I think that they will because Taylor Hall really, really wanted to go to Boston several years ago. He wanted to go to Boston this year. He got his wish. He really seemed to, you know, finally find his game again. Not surprised at all um, with that. And look, I mean, you look at the talent that they have on that team and the court they have, and a lot of it is set. They're going to try to do that. So those are the two top priorities. So because of that, there might be some guys with some really good value that may not get a lot of playing time on this team that the Devils could certainly try to swoop in and give them an opportunity to play a lot more here in New Jersey. The first guy is a guy the Devils were actually rumored to maybe go after in a trade with Kyle Palmieri back at the deadline, and that is left winger Jacob DeBrusque. Six foot, 194 pounds. He's 24 years of age. This past season in 2021, he played in 41 games, scored five goals, nine assists on 14 points. In his career, DeBrusque has played in 244 games, scored 67 goals at 67 assists for 134 points. And in his career in the postseason, DeBrusque has played in 59 games, scoring 16 goals, 10 assists, 26 points. He's 24 years of age and has already a really good amount of experience, both in the regular season and in the postseason. And let's talk about DeBrusque's current contract at the moment. He signed a two-year $7.35 million contract with the Boston Bruins, including $7.35 million guaranteed. He has an annual average salary of $3.675 million. And this past season, he earned a base salary of $2.5 million while carrying a cap hit of $3.675 million. He will be a restricted, not an unrestricted, a restricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season, the 2021-22 season. Here's the thing. Jacob DeBrus to me is a very, very good scoring left winger. This is somebody that I don't feel like the Devils would have to break the bank to acquire. I feel like that they could get him and maybe give him an extension right after that. Although they probably would have to give up more. Very similar to like Ristolani, you'd have to give up more. Uh, the Devils could also look at it and say, we may not have to give up necessarily a whole lot. Um, for you know for him if we just trade for him and then play out the year um so they might do that and because he's an rfa it might make it easier for the devils to just play out the year and then give him a contract like they did with nate bastion just now he was going to be an rfa and they had his rights and they were able to work out a deal with him it's nothing saying that the devils can't do the same thing with a guy like jacob debrusque debrusque um he got benched a couple of times. He was dealing with some injuries as well, but he got benched a couple of times with Boston. And a lot of people I've heard are saying that 
his time in Boston might be running out. He's 24, but considering where the rest of the team is, he might be looking for, not necessarily that he's looking for a way out, but it might be time to move him. And because of the, you know, obviously the salary cap and the other things that the Bruins are going to be focusing on, the Devils may be able to get a pretty sweet deal for a very young, still not fully developed player who would fit into our young core very, very well, being 24 years of age. And with the amount of playoff experience, that's a big thing for me. He's he's played in well over, you know, 50 games in the playoffs. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals. And he scored 16 goals, 10 assists. And, you know, yeah, this was a down year for him, but it was a down year for a lot of guys. Very, very solid player. And I think maybe going to a place where he could really be one of those top six left wingers, I think he could really flourish. So I think that this would be a really, really good move if the Devils were able to acquire him. And I think that, I honestly believe the Devils called the Bruins and they were discussing a trade for Kyle Palmieri. And I believe that Jacob DeBrusque was mentioned and maybe either the Bruins didn't want to give him up or maybe it wasn't even mentioned at all. Who knows? But let's go to my mock trade. Now, full again, I think that the Devils could get DeBrusque for, you know, a solid. I don't think they'd have to go crazy, especially with picks, even though I know Fitzgerald's not a big, you know, fan of picks. And again, you know, the reason that a lot of time I don't add a prospect is because I just, I just don't know what prospects each of these teams wants or is interested in it. I might look at it and I might say, oh, well, we could trade a guy like Nick Merkley. But what if the Bruins don't want Nick Merkley? That's my point. So I usually try to go off of picks and kind of go from there. So my mock trade is this. The Devils receive in the trade Jacob DeBrusque in exchange for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 second round pick. I think most likely he's going to be worth more than one pick. The Devils are certainly considering that situation. I don't think unless they unless they can get him to sign an extension when they trade for him, I can't see how the Devils would trade their first round pick. And it's not, and look, it's not going to be the fourth overall pick. It's going to be, it's certainly going to be that 2021 first that we got from the Islanders and the Kyle Palmieri trade. That's going to be between 28 and 30, um, 30, 31. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those considering, you know, they're in this third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs at the moment. We'll see what happens. But that's my mock trade for Jake DeBrus. So we'll see. We'll see if the Devils are interested. But that would be the first guy I would target. Now, the next guy is actually somebody the Bruins acquired in the same trade that they got Taylor Hall. And that is centerman Curtis Lazar. Six foot, 193 pounds. He's 26 years of age. He played in 50 games this past year, scoring seven goals, six assists, 13 points. In his career, Lazar has played in 334 games, 27 goals, 47 assists for 74 points. And in his career in the postseason, Lazar has played 17 games, no goals, one assist, one point, with that one assist being from just this past year in Boston. Lazar's current contract is a two-year, $1.6 million deal. He signed with the Buffalo Sabres last year. Uh, All of it's guaranteed. He's earning earning an annual average salary of $800,000. He earned $800,000 this year, and his cap hit, is $800,000. He will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2021-22 season. I look at a move to acquire a guy like Lazar as more of a guy that you could have for a you know for the year and if it you know for sellers at the deadline uh we trade him off to get get a pick or something like that. You know like a Dmitry Kulikov like thing. And you could look at it that way. Like I mentioned before, you could look at it as like we signed this guy to a one-year deal basically. Um so I look at this and I say you know, the Devils could probably find a way to also get a late pick for this guy. Again, 
you know, if the Bruins are trying to get some more money for their salary cap, I mean, it's not like they're going to get a whole lot for Curtis Lazar. And I don't know how much they value him. It might be, that might've been a sweetener to the deal. You know what I'm saying? It might be somewhere they were, the Sabres were just trying to move him, and the Bruins were okay to take him. And yeah, I know he's a centerman, but you know, look, if we need some help on the bottom six, I, I think Curtis Lazar could do that. Um, he's not a big point getter. He might be more of a guy that could bring some speed, uh, bring a little bit of veteran leadership being only 26. And even though he doesn't have a lot of postseason, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of postseason experience. I, you know, he could be a value pick. So I look at, you know, sometimes I look at these type of guys as guys that the Devils could look at and be like, he's a good value guy. Um, he may be a good analytical guy if the Devils are big into analytics and the Devils may want to fill that. And again, it also depends on the expansion draft and everything like that and where our prospects are and who might be competing for a spot. Who knows? But Curtis Lazar would be the next guy on my list. Uh, really quick, the mock trade that I have is the Devils receive Curtis Lazar and the Bruins 2021 fifth. And we give the Bruins our 2022 fifth round pick from Columbus in which we got in the trade for Keith Kincaid. If you guys remember that trade, uh, we got a, we got a pick like that. So, I mean, and we have three fifth round picks that year. So, I mean, we could probably give up one of them. I don't, and again, I would prefer the devils to trade picks that are from other teams that are not ours, unless they're madly valuable. I, I think it's fine. And that's why if we're going to trade a first round pick for somebody, I'd prefer to be the 2021 first we got from the Islanders because it's not ours and it's not even going to be that high of a first round pick. So, Let's keep it that. But Curtis Lazar, the second guy on my list. The third guy, and this is a guy that I think I would be, I think out of these three, this would be the one that I think would be the most, the one that makes the most amount of sense. And also I think would have the most value in a way, you know, other than, you know, I know Jake DeBrus can bring a lot, but I think this guy, particularly because he fills a position that we need help in. And that is Connor Clifton. He's a right shooting defenseman, 5'11", 195 pounds. He's 26 years of age. He is a Jersey guy. He is from very close to where I'm from. I'm from Little Silver, New Jersey, in case you guys like to know. He was born, and I think he lived in he lived in Manalpin, I believe, um, or Manasquan, but he, he was born in Long Branch, New Jersey. So central New Jersey, you know, it does exist. I know some of you don't agree, but it does exist. Uh, for Connor Clifton this past year, he scored one goal, six assists, seven points, and 44 games played in his career. He has played in 94 games, so he is six away from his first 100 career NHL games. Three goals, seven assists, 10 points. And in his career in the postseason, and mind you, again, he also got to the Stanley Cup Finals with the Bruins. He's played in 36 games, three goals, five assists, eight points. Here's the thing about Connor Clifton. He is not a point getter. He is more of a defensive defenseman. And guess what? We need more defensive defensemen. And this guy could really help us. Clifton's current contract is a three-year, $3 million contract he signed with the Bruins. Uh, he's got two years left on that deal, uh, including $300,000 in signing bonus and a $3, and $3 million guaranteed, an AAD of $1 million. This past year, he earned a base salary of $900,000 and a signing bonus of $100,000, which comes to $1 million. And he carries a cap hit of exactly $1 million. He will be UFA at the end of the 2022-23 season. 
The big thing with this is that you, again, do not have to break the bank for a solid, young, relatively young defenseman who could come in and have a bigger role than he has right now in Boston. And yes, he does have a considerable amount of playoff experience, which is good. He's a Jersey guy. We always like getting Jersey guys. I'm sure he would actually be thrilled to come home and play for the hometown team. Do not know if he grew up a Devils fan or Rangers fan. You know, he can go either way or grew up a Flyers fan. Who knows? We got... Or an Islanders fan. We got four different teams in this general area that you could be a fan of, um, even though I totally recommend you be a Devils fan if you live in New Jersey. That's just me. Um, but I look at this and I say, I really, out of the three deals, out of the three players here, the one that I think would be the most likely that I could see the Devils going after or certainly being interested in is, is Connor Clifton. Now, again, Jacob DeBrusque is a Really good, young, talented player, and he could certainly help us. But the, what the Bruins might be asking for might not be what the Devils feel comfortable getting, but they might look at Connor Clifton and say, we need some help on the right side of the defense, and you know we don't have to break the bank for him, and maybe we can make a deal. And Boston may be okay with that. And again, it would take you know three, $2 million off of their salary off of the next two years, and that could actually be beneficial to them trying to re-sign some other guys or go after some other guys if they need to. So we might be helping them out a little bit and also getting value for us. So in a mock trade, I think the devils could get Connor Clifton for a 2020, a 2021 six. And I mean, we probably could, that, that could be it, but if they really want another pick, I give them like a 2022 fifth. I mean, honestly, I give him a six and a fifth. And that's not disrespect to Connor Clifton. I think when you look at the value and you look at the amount of money that he's making, I think that's it. Now, again, they did give him a signing bonus. So I, to me, that kind of makes me feel like the Bruins value him pretty well. But again, if the Bruins are okay with moving him, I think the Devils should try to sweep in and get a guy who you know understands this area and wants to help this team and could play a bigger role for us. And we need help on the defensive side of the defense. And I think Connor Clifton could be that guy. So the three guys from the Bruins, again, are Jake DeBrusque, left winger, Curtis Lazar, centerman, and Connor Clifton, right shooting defenseman. And now we're going to shift to the Buffalo Sabres. And the Buffalo Sabres have some interesting guys that could very well be potentially, you know, moved in the first guy. We just talked about him a little while ago. Rasmus Ristolainen, right shooting defenseman. I over-exaggerated on his height. Six foot four, not six, six, or six, seven. Six foot four, 221 pounds. He's 26 years of age. This past year, four goals, 14 assists, 18 points in 49 games played. All mind you, with the fact that he dealt with COVID, he really, really, you know, we were talking about, you know, different guys having different symptoms. There were times, Ristolainen said this, there were times where he did not know if he was going to be able to live because he was dealing with it so badly, upper respiratory issues. He was really struggling to breathe. And I'm just happy that he's okay and he's alive and everything like that. So, it's been a crazy, disappointing, scary year for Rasmus Ristolainen. But for him to still play nearly 50 games despite all of that and play the rest of the season is a great thing, and I'm glad that he's okay. Um, in 542 career games played, uh, Ristolainen scored 46 goals, 199 assists, so his next assist will be his 200th for 245 points. Pretty solid, pretty solid. Uh, his current contract, as I mentioned before, is a six-year, $32.4 million contract, $1 million signing bonus, all of it is guaranteed, annual average salary of $5.4 million, and this past year, he earned $5.4 million while carrying a cap hit of 5.4, 
And like we mentioned before, he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2021-22 season. So here's the thing. Again, if the I feel like if the Devils really wanted Ristolainen, I feel like that they would really want to try to get him to sign an extension. I don't see why they would try to get him and then just try to see and give up a decent amount of assets if they can avoid it. Uh, but again, if they do get him to sign an extension, they are going to ha- have to give up more assets. And it might be a prospect. And I really don't have an idea as to what exactly the Devils could give up from a prospect standpoint. And that's, again, why in all these mock trades, I don't have prospects mainly because I just don't know what they value or who they want. And I can't just be like, oh, well, I don't like this guy, so I'm just going to add him in this trade. I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to be as fair and as realistic as I possibly can be. But when I look at this, I'm going to go off of the Devils get risk line and they sign him to an extension. And so if that's the case, this is what I think. The Devils will get Rasmus Ristolainen in exchange for a 2021 first-round pick, which is the Islanders' one, and a 2022 second-round pick. That, to me, is what I think it is. Because, again, I don't know what the value for Rasmus Ristolainen is at this point. I think if you look at how he had this year and, and how difficult it was for him, maybe it is. And because he's a very disgruntled player, it might make it easier for the Devils to try to get a deal done that works more in their favor. And honestly, if they traded that Islanders pick and this second, I wouldn't be that upset. And honestly and truly, I mean, getting a guy that could certainly, that would certainly be an upgrade uh, for us on the right side of the fence, I'm all for it. I mean, can you imagine if down the road we have a defensive pairing of Rasmus Ristolainen, who's six foot four and 200 plus pounds, and Kevin Ball, who's six foot seven and over 200 pounds? I would be pretty nervous if I were if I were uh, forwards on the other team. Now that's a pretty that's a pretty scary tandem. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but and again, again, that was just a rumor. We don't know how much concrete it is to it, but the fact that you know it's spreading a little bit and a lot of people are talking about it, it kind of makes you feel a little bit like maybe there is something in the works here. So we'll we'll see what happens down the road. But I think that, I think this is a pretty fair offer. I mean, the Sabers get another first round pick. Um, and they could use it to try to do something else uh, and go from there. And, I mean, again, if they're going to trade Jack Eichel, why why wouldn't they trade Rasmus Ristolainen and just completely start over? And, you know, if Ristolainen feels comfortable coming to New Jersey, that's great. I mean, I'll be all for having him. And I just hope that if he does come here, that we could really, you know, give him that – give him what he's been looking for, an opportunity to get into the playoffs and play in the playoffs. And – Maybe he would, you know, he would certainly be, I think, our one of our top defensemen right away. I could say he was a top defenseman in Buffalo. I think he'd be on that first line with maybe Ty Smith. Um, and I think that could go a long way. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that's the first guy in the list, Rasmus Ristolainen. Now, when it comes to scoring wingers, because, again, I think one of the targets that Fitzgerald's going to look for is a top six winger for Jack Hughes and Nico. Um, I look at a guy like Victor Olofsson, left winger, 5'11", 182 pounds, 25 years of age. 56 games played this past year, 13 goals, 19 assists, 32 points. Very solid year for him. 116 games played, 35 goals, 43 assists, 78 points in his entire career. Obviously, no playoff stats because, again, didn't make playoffs. He signed a two-year, $6.1 million contract this past season with the Sabres. All of it is guaranteed. Average annual salary is $3.05 million. He earned a base salary of 2.85 this past year while carrying a cap hit of just over $3 million. He will be a restricted free agent at the end of the 2021-22 season. So 
Olufsen is not a blowaway scoring winger. Uh, there were times this year where he really was struggling to get things going like the rest of the team was. Um, but there were also times where he was very, very good. I saw him a lot when they played the Devils, and he was always a very big factor. And being 25 years of age, still not even in the prime of his career, he could kind of come in seamlessly with the rest of the team and maybe playing with a, a, a couple more talented uh, centermen and right wingers, it might help him open up his game to another level. And obviously being an RFA, again, would this be something that the Devils would you know, trade and give him an extension? Maybe not. Maybe they would trade for him, play out the year and see what happens. Um, I don't think, again, the Devils would have to necessarily give up a whole lot to acquire a guy like Olofsson, unless the Sabres see him as a guy that is going to be part of their rebuild. I mean, I don't know who they value. And we don't even know if the Sabres are going to do a rebuild. If they do trade Jack Eichel, which I think is getting more and more likely it will, that will be the definitive sign that they are rebuilding. Because otherwise, what was the point of that? That's the way I look at it. But if the Devils were to acquire Victor Olofsson, again, I think it would cost them probably, in my mock trade, I have a 2021 second-round pick, which you know might be a little bit uneasy for Tom Fitzgerald to give up, but he might be okay with it. And a 2022 fourth-round pick that we acquired in the Dmitry Kulikov trade this past deadline. So I think that's a solid offer again. You know, I'm sure Sabres and Bruins fans are probably going to crap on me. But, I mean, again, I'm doing the best that I can here. But Victor Olsen is the next guy on my list. Now, you guys are probably going to think I'm absolutely insane with the next person. And no, it's not Sam Reinhardt because I really don't see the Devils going after Sam Reinhardt. I don't. As much as I think it would be good, I just don't see it. I think there's going to be other teams that will get better offers or be more interested than maybe the Devils will be. But... The next guy I have is a goaltender. And we did mention Linus Allmark as an unrestricted free agent this, this upcoming year that maybe the Devils could go after. But there's another guy there that I think would be a better third goalie because I think the NHL is going to keep the three goaltender um, you know, tandem. If they do, I think the Devils could make a deal for a guy that could be a relatively decent, not great, but a decent third slash emergency goalie. Uh, and that's Dustin Tokarski. For any of you Canadians fans out there, you guys remember Dustin Tokarski. You, you remember him a lot. Uh, this past year with the Sabres, 13 games, he posted a 2-8-2 record, 3.54 goals against average and a .904 save percentage. Not great at all, at all. But, you know, it was Buffalo. Uh, in Tokarski's career, he's played in 47 games. He's posted a 12-20-7 record, a 3.05 goals against average and a .904 save percentage. Um do I think this would be an upgrade from Scott Wedgwood? Like a smidgen, honestly. Or you could literally just be signing a player that's very similar to Scott Wedgwood. But again, the Devils could very well bring back Scott Wedgwood. I have no idea what they want to do with their goaltending situation. Um, this past year, Tokarski signed a two-year $1.45 million contract. All of it's guaranteed. He's earning an AAV of $725,000. He earned a base salary of $700,000 this year while carrying a cap of $725,000. And he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 21-22 season. I'm going to be very honest with you. The Sabres would probably be totally fine with giving up Dustin Tokarski. I think that the Devils could get him for literally nothing. A bag of pucks if you want to be generous. I could see them giving up literally like their seventh round pick in 2021. I, that's just, I'm throwing out one. And again, 
if they, and I feel like this is a smidgen of an upgrade from Scott Wedgwood, but again, if the NHL is going back to just two goaltenders and not three, then obviously this is mute. Uh, but if they do want to find a third goaltender, that's not going to cost them a whole lot. I mean, just under eight, just, just a little over $700,000, nothing. And again, trying to have a little bit of veteran goaltending presence. Um, but obviously there's some guys out there in the UFA and everything that are certainly going to be more of value to the devils because they're trying to help Mackenzie Blackwood. Cause that's what we're all here for at the end of the day. So the three guys that I have from Buffalo that I think the devils should be interested in is one that's already rumored to the devils, Rasmus Bristolainen, right shooting defenseman, Victor Olofsson, left winger, and Dustin Tukarski, a goaltender. And those are the two teams today that we have for potential trade targets, the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres. And as always, let me know on Twitter at Devil State and on Instagram at Devil State of Mind what you guys think of these trades and anything that we discussed today. I would love to hear from you guys trying to constantly talk to you as much as possible. And, you know, I'll keep you as up to date as I can with rumors and everything like that. And Devils fans, it's middle of June. Things are starting to pick up a little bit more. And hopefully, as the offseason moves along, the Devils will become very, very active. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts, so just like with Devil State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y Hockey P-O-D, pod, N-E-T, net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. 
The first is J-E-T-S, pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!